great way for us to begin the new year is to hear from Scripture. And so we've asked Jenny Duff uh, to read for us. So Jenny, if you can make your way on up. I'm going to ask if you are able to please stand and face the center of the room. We stand because we believe that this is the Word of God, and we read from the center of the room to remind us where Scripture is to be in our lives, both as individuals and as a community of faith. It is to be central. And so, Jenny, whenever you are ready, please read from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who it promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but in encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Jenny, thank you very much. You may be seated. I uh, hope that you had a great Christmas. And I don't know what uh, traditions your family or your friends have every uh, Christmas, but many of us have Christmas traditions. And one of ours in uh, my family that I have firmly established is that uh, we watch A Christmas Story. Uh, It plays for 24 hours on TBS and TNT. And uh, in my house, during that 24 hours, we pretty much keep the TV on those channels the entire time. I love that movie. It's a movie, if you're not familiar with it, it's about a kid named Ralphie and his longing for a Red Ryder BB gun. Um, Hopefully you got to see it three times over Christmas. Uh, But he's always told, hey, you're going to shoot your eye out. Um, But the setting for that movie, it takes place in the early 1940s. And what I happened to notice in one of my watchings of that is that the scenes, some of the scenes are at Ralphie's school. And in the front of the classroom, as you would come to expect, are the ABCs, are above the blackboard in the classrooms. And it just kind of struck me, not a great revelation, but it kind of struck me that even in our elementary schools today, with all the technology changes and all the other advancements that we've seen, from iPads to the internet, that you go to any elementary school and they will still have the ABCs above the whiteboard or whatever else they have in front of the classroom. And that's not surprising because the ABCs They are still foundational to learning. You know, you know the song. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. (laughs) Next time, won't you sing with me? Yeah. For some of you, that's first grade education. For others of us, we learned that in junior high. But we don't learn the ABCs 
for the sake of learning the ABCs. It's not like, hey, we're gonna, we want our kids to be able to sing that ABC song, so let's make sure that we teach them the ABCs. No, the reason why the ABCs are, are still being taught to this day is because ABCs are the foundation for reading and writing. And when you can read and write, there are all sorts of doors, all sorts of opportunities that are open to you. You know, think about all the things that you can do because you learn to read and write, skills that you've developed, jobs that you have earned, people that you can communicate with. And that all started with the ABCs. And we expect, the reason why we want our kids to learn those things is because we expect our kids to build from that ABC foundation so that one day they can do all sorts of things. But if all they ever do with their knowledge of the ABCs is sing that song, not only will that drive us crazy, but it misses the whole point of why we teach them those things and why we learn so, such foundational things. And just a quick qualification, this is not an illustration about your reading and writing ability. Some of us are better readers and writers than others, I know that. But it's an illustration about making the most with what you've been given. Now, some of you have noticed in the bulletin, and I've been asked already this morning, hey, it says make 2016 count. It says that in the bulletin, it says it in the outline. Is that a mistake? No, it's not a mistake. We did that intentionally. Thank you for noticing, by the way. I was hoping someone would notice that. But that make 2016 count, it kind of gets at that foundational principle. Because there are things that have happened in our 2016, or maybe 2015, or 2014, or you can just use that as our past in general. Skills that you have learned, or people that you have met, or things that you have accomplished that open up opportunities for 2017. And we can either look at 2016 and dwell on our failures and disappointments, or we can make the most of the opportunities that our previous accomplishments have put before us for 2017. How are you going to make 2016 count with your 2017? This morning, there's another foundation that I want us to consider. In verses 19 to 21 of the passage that was read this morning, it tells us that Christ has laid a foundation for us. And Christ's foundation for us laid out in that passage is, first of all, that Christ gives us confidence, confidence to approach God. You know, throughout time, God has been seen by many people as unapproachable or disinterested. Sometimes it doesn't seem like God really cares. But verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, the most holy place, a reference to the place in the Jewish temple, where there was a special manifestation of God. And if we have confidence to enter there any time we wish by the blood of Jesus, it means God is not distant at all. That he is very interested in what is happening in our lives. 
And we do not have to be afraid of what God will do. Christ gives us the confidence to come to God because he cares and he is for us, not against us. Another foundation is there is this connection that we have through Christ that faith in Jesus gives us a relationship with God. This, again, connection through Christ. Verse 20 says, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. It's common to view faith as nothing more than an attempt to get on the nice list. But faith in Jesus isn't about earning God's favor. Jesus has God's favor. And he gives it to us. In John chapter 14, many of you know what Jesus said there. He answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We don't have to go through some elaborate ritual to connect with God. And while our lives change... Because of faith in Jesus, they change because we have God's favor, not because we're trying to earn God's favor. And all that comes through this connection with Jesus. Another foundation is this community, a place we belong. Christ is building a new house, as it says in verse 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, those of us in this community of faith, we have a new place to belong, a place that transcends family, that transcends friendships. It's a new place that gives us a new purpose. The house of God and Christ is the great priest over us. And so we have this great foundation, this confidence, this connection, this community. And these are, you could say, the ABCs of faith in Jesus. And it's great to know these things. It's terribly encouraging. But we don't learn the ABCs for the sake of knowing the ABCs. Christ gives us a foundation to build on. There's this expectation of building on Christ's foundation. In Matthew 25, there's a, Jesus tells a parable, parable of the talents it's often referred to. It's a story that Jesus tells of a master and three servants. And he gives each of them some gold and then he goes on a journey and when he comes back, two of the servants had doubled their investment that the master had given them. But one of them had simply buried the gold that he was given. And when the master returns, he simply digs up the bag of gold and gives it back to the master. And the master is angry with the servant who buried the gold because the master expected him to build on it. He didn't just give it to him for the sake of giving it to him. 
He was expecting that the servant would do something with it. God expects us to build on what Jesus gives us. That confidence to approach, that connection through Jesus, that community that we belong to. God expects us to use them, to build something upon them. And so how are we to build on what Christ has done? Well, verses 22, 25 kind of unpacks that. It begins with saying what I would call being reliant on God. God is interested in us. God is for us. He wants us to rely upon him. Verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It says, draw near to God. And I know this goes against, this goes against our independent tendencies, but there's a fine line between healthy independence and arrogant pride. There's a saying that many of us have heard that God will never give us more than we can handle. And that's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of baloney. He gives us more than we can handle all the time. All the time. And the reason we make it through it Think about all the times you've made it through something. You're like, how in the world did I ever make it through that or that or that? Well, the reason is, is because God has helped us through it. Whether we recognize it or not, there have been so many times that God has given us more than we can handle and then he's helped us through it. Sometimes we've realized it, sometimes we haven't. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Christ gives us the confidence to approach God and we draw near to God to find mercy and grace in our time of need which is usually more often than we realize. There are going to be situations in our 2017 in which we're just going to need help. And drawing near gives us the strength to face whatever those circumstances may be. The whole view of this isn't going to be easy, but God will help us through it. Christ gives us the confidence to approach God and every time we do, every time we do, we gain strength to face whatever it is we may be facing. And the ability to face things with God will encourage us for the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge. And over time, our approach to challenges will change. We will see them differently because we know that God is for us and not against us. 
And that ability to face challenges differently is why Jesus built that foundation in the first place. He wants us to use it so that we can be reliant on God. Another way of building on that foundation is to be resilient in our hope. Every year, every year brings some kind of uncertainty and 2016 was no different. Whether it was the contentious presidential election or the continuing terrorist attacks or the war in places like Syria. On a slightly different note, again, every year at the end of the year, we kind of note the people that, famous people that we lost in 2016, and every generation eventually loses their icons. But for my generation, this particular year, and there's actually been things written about it, this year has been, um, again, my generation, Gen Xers, this year has been a lot very difficult in the sense of all the people, famous people that we've lost. It kind of has rocked some of us. Um, and again, I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but it's just kind of weird when, again, we've lost our iconic TV mom, Florence Henderson, or we've lost an I- iconic TV dad, Alan Thicke, the first lady of the 80s, Nancy Reagan, musicians that we came to age with, Prince and David Bowie and George Michael, the princess of the Star Wars franchise, Carrie Fisher, or legends that we grew up hearing about, John Glenn, Muhammad Ali, Arnold Palmer. And when those things happen, it just eventually reminds us of our own mortality. Verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. In a world that can quickly fall into despair, we are called to be resilient in our hope because he who promises is faithful. And because he is faithful, we can have hope in times even when there is great discouragement. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Our connection to God in Christ allows us to trust that Christ is faithful, which is the anchor for our souls. And so regardless of what the winds of change may bring, When the world is discouraged, we are called to be a community of hope so that others will catch a sense of that hope. And the hope that we have that anchors us can eventually bring hope to others because God doesn't want the world to lose hope. And so he anchored it in the faithfulness of Jesus and calls us to be resilient in our hope. We're also told because of this foundation to be relentless with our light. 
Darkness in the world, we could talk about it all morning. But darkness in the world is nothing new. And God has always called his people to be the light. And from the passage this morning, verses 24, 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Love and good deeds, they need to be provoked. They don't just happen. Because if they did just happen, we wouldn't have the darkness that we do. Good deeds require corporate action, not just individual. And so we meet together in order to be spurred on and encouraged. As Jesus called us to in Matthew chapter 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so if we are going to be relentless with our light, we will do so as a community of faith. Verse 25 makes a reference to the day approaching, which is a reference to the second coming of Christ. It's a great hope, the second coming. It's a great hope of our faith. It's something that we look forward to with great anticipation. But sometimes I find myself wanting Jesus to return so that I don't have to deal with this world any longer. You know, I find myself kind of going on cruise control and just kind of saying, Jesus, just come back and fix it. Or falling into some kind of despair and saying, you know, Jesus, just come back and fix it. But the passage says, because you see the day approaching, you need to meet together more, not less. Because you see the day approaching, you need to encourage one another more, not less. Because you see the day approaching, you are to spur one another on to love and good deeds more, not less. The proper response to our belief that Jesus is coming back soon is the more spurring of faith, the more spurring of good deeds, the more spurring on of love, not less. And so are we putting ourselves in relationships here at TFRC that provoke faith, that provoke love, that provoke good deeds, because Christ has given us this community to belong to and gives us a new purpose, where we encourage each other towards love and good deeds, and those good deeds will eventually bless others. And others then, Jesus says, will glorify God because of them. Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. And so as we look towards the opportunities in 2017, I ask you, what do you need to rely on God for? Where do you need to hold on to that hope? Where do you need to plug in to this community of faith 
so that you are provoked, so you are encouraged, so that you are spurred on. Christ is the cornerstone, and we are brought together and being built together as part of what Hebrews says, the house of God, to build on that cornerstone because that foundation, whether it's 2017 or 18 or 19 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or however long it goes on, that foundation never, ever ends. And so how will we build on it in 2017? Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that through Christ we have the confidence to approach you even in this moment. Lord, I'd ask that you would give each of us the encouragement to see that we are, that we don't have to focus on our past mistakes, that the foundation that Christ gives us supersedes them, and that you have laid before us opportunities to build on the foundation that Christ gives us. And I would ask that you would give us eyes to see what those are, and then the hearts of faith to take the step to build on the foundation you've given us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.